welcome to the Free Cities podcast. My name is Timothy Allen, and this is the official podcast of the Free Cities Foundation. Hello, and welcome to episode number 64 of the Free Cities podcast. Well, on today's show, I'm talking with one of what I would consider to be the key individuals in the Free Cities movement. He's uh, the incredibly successful entrepreneur who is both the brains and the finance behind Ciudad Morazan, which is Honduras's so-called blue-collar free city. Massimo Mazzone is a lifelong libertarian who saw an opportunity to create a unique passion project when the Honduran government passed its ZA legislation back in 2013. The ongoing result is Morazan, one of the world's flagship free cities projects, but one that you probably know the least about since Massimo is not in the business of either self-promotion or promoting Morazan to potential investors or the like. Massimo's dreams for Ciudad Morazan are big, as you will hear in the conversation. And I hope you'll also pick up on the genuine enthusiasm that he has for both Honduras and its people. I came away from this discussion very optimistic, even after hearing about the current legal battles facing Morazan, which are somewhat stifling the project in the short term. Anyway listen on and many thanks to Massimo for coming on the show. Well since we're on the subject of ZAs, uh, longer term followers of the Free Cities Foundation will no doubt be aware of the concept of special economic zones. These are of course parts of countries where different taxes and regulations apply to businesses. Now, since the first modern special economic zone was established in 1959, believe it or not, there are now more than 5,000 that have sprung up around the world. In many ways, free cities are the next stage in the evolution of special economic zones. They are places that are still part of the host country, but with more autonomy than traditional special economic zones, including housing full-time residents, which is a, a big deal. I'm currently part of a team aiming to make a short film telling the story of special economic zones and why there is a pretty compelling argument for governments to move beyond the traditional model to establishing free cities. The film we hope to produce will be shared with sympathetic government officials, allowing us to showcase the positive impact of special economic zones and make the case that free cities could yield even greater results. If that's something you're interested in and you want to support us in our efforts to establish new free cities, supporting this film might be a great way for you to do so. And you can make a donation either in your fiat currency of choice via our GoFundMe campaign, uh, link in show notes of course, or via the wonderful medium of Bitcoin by visiting free-cities.org forward slash donate. And donors who support with more than $50 will have the option of having their name featured in the film's end credits, if that's something you're interested in. Anyway, check the show notes for all the links. And of course, if it's not of interest to you, do you know what? I'm just happy you're here 
and interested in what we're doing. We all believe in a better world for individuals and I love having the opportunity to speak with all these incredible people working on their own versions of that vision. So without further ado, once again, it's time to please sit back, relax and enjoy my conversation with Massimo Mazzone. do to begin with though is find a little bit about your personal background business background maybe if you could tell me in your own words yeah I'm uh, Italian I've been uh, living in Italy until the end of university and uh, I was in the military service because it was the Cold War then I started to work in the Boston Consulting Group which is a consulting company and uh, I was sent to Chicago and there uh, um, they they always staffed me in a project in Mexico because they said uh, Italian, Spanish, uh, same shit, literally. So I had to go, <laughs> I had to go there and learn Spanish. And when they opened uh, the office in, uh, in Monterrey, I was one of the guys that went there. And I spent four years in Mexico. Then there was the dot-com uh, bubble. I lost my job. And... Um, Mm, Motorola, which was a client I had in uh, in Chicago, sent me to run uh, the cellular phone uh, company in Honduras. But that company was bought six months later, and uh, they fired me again. And so um, I decided to be an entrepreneur. I met uh, the, the girl that was going to be my wife. Uh, I didn't want to change place. I started with a pharmacy chain. And uh, now I'm uh, the owner uh, of uh, a conglomerate, let's say, 80% is still in the pharmacy business. Uh, overall, the company sells $1 billion, and uh, we employ 7,000 people in the regions, uh, 3,000 in Honduras and the rest in the other uh, countries in uh, Central America. I've been a libertarian all my life, uh, since I was in Chicago when I was exposed to the idea of Ron Paul. So when uh, uh, when the, the ZD project in Honduras uh, was proposed, I was very interested. Unfortunately, the first version uh, didn't work out, uh, was uh, blocked by the Supreme Court. Then they did uh, some changes in the Constitution and some changes in the law too. So. Um, at that point, I became very interested. Uh, the law was still uh, uh, fairly high level and uh, needed uh, uh, a lot of regulation to be implemented. Uh, this job was done mostly by Titus uh, with Prospera. So in a sense, I piggybacked uh, the work of Titus and uh, uh, when uh, all the regulation and the way of working was clear, I applied to Open AZ in Honduras with two objectives. Uh, the first is uh, um, to help Honduranian. I mean, uh, making money, of course. I'm a libertarian, so I believe that, yeah, charity has its role in society, but charity at the end is uh, sterile because when the person that puts the money dies, so he is not interested anymore, the, 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 the venture uh, wither and, and dies. Well, if you find a way of making money, uh, not only you will grow, but people will copy you, and uh, this is the way society grows. So the first idea was 
to help uh, in a way Honduranian, <clears throat> uh, and the other is uh, to show the world that uh, what is now called public services, that from an economical point of view are not public services, like education, uh, healthcare, and so are provided by a private uh, individual or company, um, the results are uh, exceptionally better than when they're provided by the state, uh, both in terms of cost uh, and quality. Uh, and, and this, I think, is something that is an objective that transcends Honduras, but uh, it's uh, hopefully a lesson that can be learned across the world. It's interesting, of course, because um, your project compared to Prospera, whilst they're both CEDES, have has a very different attitude, I think. And I think the way that a lot of people in the Free Cities movement have classified it is white-collar and blue-collar, as in you've got a blue-collar ZA and we've got a white-collar ZA, um, which is interesting, really, because you are an entrepreneur, nevertheless. And I... I Entrepreneurs, I can imagine, would think the same way that the entrepreneurs at Prosper are thinking. And bringing in investment, bringing in business contacts, bringing in uh, money into Honduras. So I, I can see that you have a particular ideological idea behind your Zeddy. That's, that's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Prospera too. The three Zeddy in Honduras... Uh uh, the two of us, Prosper and me, we are clearly libertarians. Uh, the third one, it's it's more a business. Uh, I mean, it's not it doesn't have residential people inside, uh, so it's it's basically a traditional special economic zone. In that case, I don't think there is any uh, ideological uh, reason to do that. But I mean, in your case, for example, compared to Prospera, from what I've seen, anyway. I obviously haven't been to visit Morazan yet. I hope so one day. Um, Prospera is 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 offering the opportunity for people to come and build. Yeah, yeah. And your your idea is okay. Now I've, here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to do it. And also, for example, you are renting places, and yeah. Prosper is offering to buy. And can you just go a little bit into the the reasons behind that? Yeah, there are two big differences with uh, Prosper. One is the business model. We are what we call an entrepreneurial community, uh, based on the idea of Spencer Heath and Spencer McCallum. Uh, that the landlord can take a lot of uh, role that are traditional, traditional in the last uh, 150 years, uh, covered by the state. So people uh, basically uh, rent a place and receive uh, a suit of service, uh, which includes uh, law and order, uh, not the criminal side, because uh, the, the judges uh, for criminal cases are still in the jurisdiction of uh, Honduras, but, uh, but in civil and uh, the implementation also, the police is, is, depends on us. So the ZED is a municipality um, and um, the, the first big difference with, uh, with Prospera is that they, they are a subdivision, they sell the land, in our case with only rent. And we can go later on the reason we choose this uh, uh, business model. The second is clearly the, uh, the objectives. Um, 
Prospera, it's a great initiative uh, looking uh, to attract people from Honduras, but also from outside Honduras, uh, and um, really becoming a leading edge uh, on uh, innovation, uh, for example, in financial matters uh, or uh, in uh, biotechnology and uh, new uh new therapies uh, we we have nothing uh, like that i mean we in the world there are uh, probably a couple of billion people that in the next 20 years will move uh, from the countryside to the city poor people people that uh, lives a life of extreme destitution and um, they go in sweatshop usually, uh, places where they don't make a lot of money. In Honduras, uh, the, my clients uh, are blue-collar workers or what is called maquillas. Maquillas is the industry of special economic zone, that it's uh, light manufacturing, extremely uh, labor-intensive, and uh, uh, basically textile and something uh, like automotive uh, harnessing. And they make uh, between $300 and $400 per uh, month. So they, they, they come to Choloma because where we are based. Uh, Choloma is the third city in Honduras. Uh, it's a city that when I arrived in uh, Honduras had only 30,000 people. Now it has 300,000 people in 25 years. They find the job. It's a very vibrant city with a lot of job, but the environment is completely degraded because I guess even in Sweden, an increase from 30 to 300 would present problems in terms of roads and sewage. And in Honduras, this is compounded by the violence. So Choloma is pretty much an L play, uh, an L site. Uh, um, people don't go out after seven o'clock because it's dangerous. All the uh, small business uh, pay the gangs uh, extortion money. Um, most of the roads are not paved. Sea wage are uh, open air. It's, it's really a pretty bad place. And uh, what we want uh, to give to the Honduranian and to show the world that uh, even uh, for people that do not have a lot of uh, disposable income, we can provide uh, a life with dignity, uh, with houses uh, that are uh, good houses. They are not uh, luxurious houses. They are not mansions, of course. Mm, complete security, uh, which is extremely important there. Uh, services like uh, water and electricity 24-7, uh, good road without uh, potholes, uh, good school. We do not have a school yet because we do not uh, have enough uh, clients, but uh, we're going to open a school, a bilingual school, a school in English. And uh, we can do that uh, with very little money because uh, uh, we charge only 5% of taxes on income. We don't have any other type of taxes. Uh, so we don't have taxes on uh, value-added sales taxes, uh, inheritance taxes, or property taxes. Only 5% on income, which seems strange because uh, if you look at Western states, uh, they usually spend between uh, 35 and 40%. Uh, so it's possible to spend 5%. Well, in the US under uh, Grover Cleveland, so we're talking about 120 years ago, at the beginning of uh, the 20th century, the federal uh, taxation 
was not income, was based on uh, excise uh, or import duty, but it was only 3.5% of uh, the GDP. Granted, uh, schools was not included uh, because it was a state matter, but it was 3.5, it, it worked. And actually, we already showed that uh, we can work with 5%, uh, because uh, until uh, April 22, when uh, the, the, the law that is trying to eliminate us was, uh, was, was, was uh, approved in Congress, um, at that point, we had uh, um, tax revenues of $70,000 per month, and uh, the cost of the ZEDE, it's important here to, to understand the two entities that compose the, the ZEDE. The first is a political non-profit entity that charge the taxes, the 5% on income, and provide the public service. And the second is the private entity that invests in the buildings and the land and get a rent, get a lease. So the first one, the political entity, which is a non-profit, was actually making $70,000 of taxes per month and spending about $40,000 in public services. So we had a surplus. We had a surplus for a few months. Then. In 22, in uh, April, when the law was approved, uh, all the companies left. Uh, and at that point, we didn't have a tax base. Uh, but for a few months, uh, we had a surplus. And uh, if this uh, was going uh, to continue, at the end of the, the year, we would have given back the surplus uh, to the taxpayer. Uh, with those numbers, basically, the real taxation would have been uh, 3%. Again. There was not the school. Probably with the school, we would have used most of the 5%. But I'm pretty sure the ZD would be at least in break-even, even with the school and, and uh, the healthcare. Uh, on the other end, the private entity at that point had invested uh, probably about $12 million uh, to buy the land, a couple of million dollars uh, to do the perimeter, perimeter wall, uh, bring uh, the energy with a line of uh, four kilometers, uh, dig some well for the water, uh, uh, main road, uh, water uh, recycling plant, uh, and uh, in terms of monetizable buildings, uh, 64 houses, uh, townhouses, two bedrooms, and uh, 4,000 square meter of uh, industrial space. And he was making uh, $15,000 of rents uh, with only three or four thousand dollars of expenses. So we were making money. Now, of course, those ten thousand dollars we were making per month uh, did not justify the 50, the opportunity cost of the 12 million dollars of investments. But consider that uh, maybe 80 percent of uh, the investments uh, were non-monetizable uh, uh, things like the wall, uh, the, the streets, uh, the sewage. Uh, the, the project is 150 million dollars. Uh, and uh, uh, of that, uh, 120 is monet monetizable. So, uh, given that I lend the money to the to the company, the company was, uh, from an accounting point of view, was making money. Was making uh, 100,000 dollars per year. So, both the political entity and the private uh, entity was 
they were making money. So I think the model was uh, proved uh, in two senses, that the Entrecom model works uh, and, uh, which is a thing that I already know because it's my business, uh, even uh, people considered poor, uh, people making $400 per month are probably considered poor in Western places, uh, they are still good clients. If you provide the right product for them, um, they are satisfied, they pay, and uh, they are clients. Everybody is a client, everybody has needs, so if you can find a business model that provides what they're looking for, for the cost that they can afford, you can make money. And how do the, just out of interest, <clears throat> the rents in um, Morazan, how do they compare to similar buildings more, in, in say Choloma? More or less the same. We have these bedrooms, uh, 60 square meters, uh, and uh, it's $120 per month. Uh, it's all included, the fixed cost, uh, like uh, security and uh, and um, gardening, uh, these things. It, what is not included uh, is uh, water, electricity, and uh, internet uh, connection, if they want uh, the internet connection. And uh, it's uh, in uh, local money, it's 3,000 lempira, which is more or less the same price that it's outside. I, I could actually increase uh, the price uh, probably at 25% more and still be completely booked out because the quality of life is much better in, uh, in, in our Zede. But uh, I am not doing that because the idea is, is to have uh, a lot of people that want to come, right? So in this moment, we actually have a, a, a list, a waiting list of 200 families uh, that uh, came to visit uh, friends uh, in the community and came to our offices uh, saying, next time somebody leave, uh, please call me. And unfortunately, the project now is blocked because with the rhetoric of the government, there is no way I'm going. This is a third difference with Prospera. Prospera is a startup. They raise money continuously, so they have a legal mandate to do what they say the shareholders they were going to do with their money, which is to keep building, right? In my case, it's me that is putting the money, so I can decide when... Uh, slow down uh, or increase the pace and after the election of this government uh, uh, of course I, I stop uh, building anything but I recently decided uh, to invest uh, from now to the end of June uh, probably two or three million dollars uh, because there is a lot of enthusiasm in the community people telling me I want my I don't know, sister or uncle to come to live. So we're going to build another 24 uh, townhouses, uh, like the one we have now, an um, apartment building with probably 50 or 60 studios that we are going to rent for $80, this for single people that work in the area. And uh, nicely, very likely, a church. We'll build a church that will rent to the local bishopric for $1 per year a nominal uh, amount, uh, but keeping the ownership. And uh, this is interesting because uh, at the beginning, the church has most of uh, even the civil uh, uh, society entity in Honduras was completely against us. Uh, and, and now, I mean, I met the bishop, uh, I talked to him, and um, they are eager to, to send uh, a priest and the church will actually serve not only Morasan, but all the 
area around the Morassan, which is very, very dangerous. So they also like the fact that it's completely safe in our environment. Um, with regards to the legal battle, and um, what, I mean, this is things I've gathered from speaking to people at Prospera about the whole situation, and they often say that the the you know the, go- the current government are using places like Prosper as a bit of a you know distraction from and a boogeyman, let's say, um, f- for their political gain. What I'm wondering is, in your case, because you're you're more, I suppose, you're, you're facing, you're more Honduras-facing, I suppose, in, in the way you work. First of all, is that a good characterization of what the government's doing? And secondly, if it is, is that, uh, are you in a better position there? No. Um, to say the law was uh, the biggest uh, theme in the electoral process two years ago. So the party currently in power, which is Libre, it's a party very close to Venezuela, it's, 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 it's a rancid left, I would call it. And uh, they use this uh, as w- with a lot of lies, saying that we were expropriating people uh, and uh, we were going uh, to secede, uh, or uh, actually they said we had the, the, the criminal judges, that is not true, the criminal judges are the judges of Honduras. Uh, and they even, when they won, they even uh, create a new post, uh, that it's, called, it's a ministerial post, uh, that is called Commissionato contro la Zede, which means uh, minister against the Zede. <laughs> I mean, not minister for the affair of the Zede, but minister (laughs) against the Zede. (laughs) This is pretty clear that they don't want us. And uh, Choloma, it's actually the center of the Party Libre because it's the most uh, working class city in uh, in Honduras. So where there are the unions. uh, And uh, so they... They hate us less than before, the people in the street, because they realize we are not uh, corrupt, uh, we are not uh, narco-trafficant. In a couple of cases, they accuse us that we were pedophiles, that we wanted our place uh, uh, to take advantage of kids, I guess. Um, and, And now people are coming. I mean, people living there, friends are coming. They see now it's basically a, a simply a residential community, a gated residential community, because the industry left, right? But they see that, uh, I mean, you can see uh, a lot of picture in our site, which is www.morazan.city. And it's a nice place. It would be a nice place uh, even in Western Europe. Uh, so the base, the people, uh, are, they change their idea. But but the party has invested uh, too much against the Zede. Really, they poison the well with with the election. So I don't see any way we will reach an agreement with the current government. When you said that, you said the industry's left, is that on account of the instability now, the political instability? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. We are very successful of uh, in, in the residential side because our clients are relatively poor. They don't have a lot of belongings. So if the government come and expropriate us or do something like that, I mean, in two hours and a pickup, they can move somewhere else. 
But an industry has to move uh, machinery to um, change the electrical setup uh, of the building. Uh, there are always uh, uh, investments. And also, they are continuously threatened by the government, saying that they are in illegal places, uh, that uh, one of these days uh, the people of taxes uh, will show up, uh, because it's a free trade zone, so they pay only 5% to us. But they say, no, they have to pay 35 They actually never came, but but they keep saying that. And, and people, important people, the president, uh, especially the president of Congress, at least once a week, uh, insult us. It's normal. If you're a business, you don't want to take a fight with the government and definitely you don't want to invest in setting up a place and you can be kicked out. One of the companies there was actually one of my companies and I took it away because it was a company distributing among our pharmacies. We have 700 pharmacies in the region. That was the logistic center. And there were containers uh, of medicine coming in and out every day. And a, a few politicians said that uh, they're going to tell the police uh, to stop us, to stop the container just outside the gate uh, and leave them uh, two weeks uh, under the sun. Now, if you have a container of uh, medicines under the sun for two weeks, you lose $1 million. So, I mean, if the risk was too big. So I had to one of the company was my company and I had to move uh, even my company outside. I'm getting the impression though that um, the charges levied against you, let's say, the thing, the reasons why the political side are, you know, vilifying the ZAs, none of them appear to be true, no, which no, we no, know that, no, right? No. So what's the general feeling amongst people though? Because presumably one by one, these these myths are being expounded and being withdrawn are they like and, mm-hmm. and if you've got families living in there and you've got local families noticing okay good standard of living security you know isn't the word getting out that this isn't the terrible yeah it is and some people uh, that are uh, for example one of our best evangelist uh, the person that brings more friends inside the community used to be against the Zed, he said then then he came to live and now it's our best advertiser it's a called a guy called uh, roger sarmiento it's a bus driver and but it's it's a great guy but i i think we have to go back to public choice uh, no rational irrationality of brian kaplan i mean the, the liberal people in uh, in the country at large uh, they are not only not exposed but they don't care about us uh, really because they don't think one day they will come to live with us so uh, they spend so much of their personal capital insulting us uh, that they for them it's very difficult to signal a different position uh, so there is yeah what uh, Kaplan said in, in his book a rational irrationality if they in Twitter or in Facebook they keep saying uh, in the Z that they expropriated even if I'm pretty sure they know that nobody ever expropriated nothing the signal to their uh, ideological tribe, uh, it's what they get, right? Uh, and so they, they keep, uh, keep telling us that we are, uh, we are uh, criminals. And it could change if we could have a big impact. Uh, I mean, 
in uh, before the election we already had uh, two big contracts aligned one with a pharmaceutical company not one of my company another company that wanted to put uh, a production facility there with 10,000 square meters and would provide more than 500 jobs good paying jobs because pharmaceuticals is, is, is more than minimum wage and then a call center of uh, 350 people and that would be 850 jobs i guess most of them would have come would have chosen to live in the community to live next to their job and at that point uh, only those two things would be enough uh, to create an economy even now that we have only 150 residents uh, already we have uh, a cafe a small mom and pop shop that works as a convenience store we have a gym uh, we have a girl that cut the air, an hairdresser, and uh, a laundromat, I think. Uh, but, but with 800, uh, probably 1,000 family living there, uh, this would be much bigger. Probably it's enough for a supermarket to go there. And then maybe a car uh, shop, maybe a lawyer. And, and then the economy starts to, to do the magic of uh, the spontaneous order. But obviously now, I mean, the, uh, the, po the point of the ZA is it's an economic zone as well. <laughs> so, I mean, can it, well, as it, so you said earlier, it can actually run without the, without the um, business. Right. You can run it with just residents, right? No, no, it doesn't work because uh, in the business plan, uh, we were always going to subsidize a little bit of the residential side with the industrial side. I give you the economics. Uh, our houses uh, costed, uh, well, that was two years ago, cost, three years ago, costed $18,000 uh, 18, each. And we are charging $120. Uh, uh, if you take a, a little maintenance and uh, one month of not occupancy every year, uh, it's probably $1,200. So the, the, the return on investment, it's like 5 or 6%, which in Honduras, it's, it's lower than the cost of capital. But the industrial side, we were renting at $5 per month, uh, something that cost, uh, without the land, the urbanization, just the building, $250 per square meter. So in that case, uh, the payback without the leverage was going to be four months. And uh, the reason is that uh, um, because the cost of uh, similar uh, industrial building in, uh, in Choloma, it's between three and a half and four dollars. But the, the objective was to uh, uh, rent these things uh, to all the big international companies that do business in, uh, in, uh, in, in Honduras. They're mostly American. They have these uh, funny ESG complaints. Uh, so they have to tell, they like to tell their shareholders and clients uh, that they take care of their uh, workers. So the bet was that uh, a a better environment for the workers uh, would allow us uh, to charge one dollar more per square meter uh, in this industrial side. Now we lost the industrial side. We do not have taxes at all. And uh, also we do not have uh, the, the part that is more profitable. So for example, now the private entity, the, the owner of the building that is called the community artists, uh, has to loan every month uh, about uh, $35,000 uh, $35, to the Z, the political entity, to provide 
the public services. Uh, because yes, you're right. I mean, uh, the model of, uh, the, I wasn't interested in doing just a special economic zone like a sweatshop. That's an industry that exists in Honduras. They make money. It's not my business. I was not interested in that. The idea was to build a complete city. So, and actually the, 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 the urban plan that we have now, so we have a little bit about uh, numbers. We have uh, 45 hectares, uh, which is basically a quarter uh, of Monaco, uh, to give an example. And uh, there were supposed to be uh, dwellings for uh, 15,000 uh, people, uh, 100,000 square meter of industrial space, uh, about 50,000 square meter of offices, like for call center, and maybe 30, 40,000 uh, square meter uh, of uh, other uh, uh, like uh, commercial places, like supermarket and things like this, uh, and uh, uh, for the civic uh, building, because we need to have the custom office, the police office, uh, the church, uh, we're going to have a park, a stadium, uh, a swimming pool. Overall, the investment was $150 million, uh, which ends up being $10,000 per person living there. Now, if you take uh, all the value of the real estate in the world and you divide it by the people in the world, it's about $35,000. So it's one-fourth, one-third, one-fourth. But you have to consider that, first of all, the costs uh, are slightly lower than uh, in the US and Europe because construction, building, it's labor-intensive and the cost of labor is lower here. And then we do not have uh, the, the rent in, in economics terms, but the rent cost of the land, because we buy land, we, we are not buying land uh, in New York City, we are buying land uh, at the outskirts uh, of Choloma, and we are basically buying, buying uh, uh, agricultural land. We are paying between four and, f we paid uh, between four and five dollars per square meter. And so this explains much of uh, why we can provide, uh, I mean, we, we can build a city with $10,000 compared to an average of uh, thirty-five. And how much of that is actually built and how much of that we is, is on the plan? Uh, we spent, uh, till now, uh, spent directly and, and not uh, just uh, subsidizing, uh, um, probably $12 million. It's about $2 million for the land, a little bit more than that. Uh, then there is the perimeter wall, what I said before, a few few roads, uh, recycling plant, electrical line, water well, and then 64 houses and 4,000 square meter uh, of industrial space. It's yeah, probably $12 million. And if the if the government changes, say it goes to the other side, and yes. what is it next? Is, is it two, two years? years? Two years. Two years there will be directions. Then you just it, then you would just start up again, back on with the process of building and attracting the, business? No, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the plan is there. This is it's not my main asset, even if I invest uh, the $150 million, but this is the project of my life. I mean, I, I'm ex I was extremely excited by this. I convinced my, my wife to go to live there and to have the kids going to the school there. That was tough to convince my wife to go there. Why? Well, she's not from the, even the area. 
Well, yeah, but let's say that uh, she accustomed uh, to a level of life uh, that's oh. a little bit better than... Uh, because it's a nice place. It's safe uh, and has dignity, but you don't find a Gucci shop in, in Morrison. So you actually live on site, do you? I used... Uh, well, I used to go there often, and uh, I was about to move with my family. But then these things happen, mm. and, and so... Um, at this moment, no. But I, I, I talk, uh, I talk, we we talk continuously with with political people, and now the the party in power actually squandered this uh, support pretty fast. He arrived to power with a coalition with a junior part junior party that already left. So they actually in Congress have less than fifty percent. They have about thirty percent of the votes. So they do not control the Congress. But they lost the credibility also in in the streets. Uh, I mean, I perceive uh, and polls say, I mean, polls are not very reliable in those places, but, but the numbers are so big uh, that there must be some true. And a lot of people that voted Libre changed his mind. And, uh, and if... Uh, if the election takes place, which is the first question, because probably they are trying to play the book of uh, Chavez and, uh, and avoid to be to, to have an election. So the, if the election uh, take place and they lose, uh, if they do the election, they will lose, I think. Um, I think uh, and it's an educated guess uh, that we will, we'll, uh, in a reasonable time, uh, find an agreement uh, with uh, the other three parties, whoever wins. So there will be another law, there will be a change in the name because it's too toxic now. Probably some uh, most extreme uh, autonomy article in the law will be eliminated. But it's acceptable for us. I don't know how much acceptable is for uh, for. Uh, I don't know. Your phone. phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think about that? So, what's your your personal view on the actual legal battle currently ensuing? What, I mean, they, what what do you? How do you see it playing out in in the life, or if at all? I mean, obviously, if if the government disappear in two years, um, it, well. What, in fact, yeah, what would happen then, actually? Would the new government be inclined to sort of continue, or can they just say, no, we don't want any part of this? No, as I told you, if with the new government, we will find an agreement for them to avoid uh, to be sued, like Prosperous doing, and I'm, I'm trying to avoid it, but if it keeps like this, I will have to sue. Uh, they will not send to the world the, the, the imaging of uh, Honduras as a place where uh, international business are uh, expropriated. Uh, and they, they can actually do something good for the country because I can assure you that, uh, that the life in the Z is much better than outside it. Uh, but, but the name is toxic, so we, we'll have to find a way of fixing uh, something of the law. We, some article, we agree. For example, there is a stupid article uh, that says uh, that the state can expropriate in the name of the, for the ZD land. We, we are libertarian. I mean, if there is something we hate, it's eminent domain. 
And then it's, it's stupid because the state can already do that. I mean, if they want to build a, a, a road, of course, they can expropriate. I mean, it's, there is nothing new. It's politically toxic. It's ideological uh, repellent. So this is, for example, something that should go away immediately. But there are also some type of uh, uh, autonomy that I personally, Morasan, don't need. For example, uh, we can, uh, uh, given bank charters, uh, new banks, uh, and uh, uh, they are not under the control of uh, Commission Nazionale de Banco Seguro, the, the, the agency that controls the banks. This might be ne needed by Prospera because Prospera wants to innovate at uh, worldwide level, but we don't care. I mean, we, we, have no, we just want to provide uh, houses uh, for relatively poor people. Uh, so all this type of, uh, uh, let's say, um, administrative autonomy, something we care. For example, that uh, the schools are not under the, the Ministry of Education. But something we, we, we couldn't care less and we could give, give up. But at this point, the point is what is needed by Prospera. So from a practical point of view, any agreement has to satisfy Prospera. And any agreement that Prospera reach is good enough for us. So the, 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 the discussion, the technical discussion of uh, how the law will be changed, I believe, uh, will be up to Prospera and the government. And mm. we will be just go along to whatever is decided. Have you got an opinion on why the current government, from where does this animosity towards Zedes come? No, not in the political sense, just in the personal sense. Because in your case, it's very easy to argue that what you're doing is a good thing. And, and it's obvious. And you can go there and see it. And you can see people qu quite voluntarily moving somewhere, getting a better standard of living, getting what they want. Um, so where does the where does the opposition well, come from? A lot of the opposition is historical because of the way of the election and how this was a law of the other party, and they use it as a as the main issue of the of, of, of the election. But there is another reason. I was with uh, the Ministry of uh, Finance uh, and. I told them about uh, the. They, they don't know anything about this. They never visited us. So, so I told them, I said, looks good uh, to me, and uh, let's see the fiscal things, because you are taking out costs from us, uh, like uh, providing schooling and healthcare, uh, but you are also taking out uh, some revenues, like the taxes, because we, we, we tax 5%, and out of the 5%, we pay 12% uh, to the government, right? 12% of the 5%. Of the 5%. Right, yeah. So, uh, but the point is that most of our, uh, the majority, 99%, they don't pay taxes because uh, they make less than 20,000 empira and, and uh, the income taxes is zero. So I show them, uh, it's actually, it's better for you from a fiscal point of view. And he said, I have to think about that. In the next meeting, uh, we were not talking about number anymore. He said, uh, look, uh, we cannot accept uh, that uh, private uh, uh, provide things uh, that are so important, like education. Uh, and the reason is, you cannot accept, because if people see that we can provide better service at a fraction of cost, uh, we st they start to ask, uh, why the fuck we need a politician? I mean, let's give uh, the public services uh, to to private providers, and, and, and you and 
and, and people will discover uh, the reality that you're a useless parasite. Well, yeah, making governments competitive for your business is a, well, it's a new idea, I suppose. Uh, talking to you, the guys that designed your place, Patrick, said, yeah. um, I, I, we spoke to them recently. He said that you ended up building better quality houses for less money as well. Is that correct? Uh, uh, with regards to, well, I suppose a, la- a certain lack of red tape that goes into it. But another way that you proved that you can do it better than um, the outside world, let's say? Or? Yes, uh, uh, two reasons, basically. One is the completely lack of red tape. We, we don't have zoning, we don't have anything like that. We also use a technology that is not used in Honduras uh, with, uh, I mean, it's a little bit complex, uh, polyester prefab houses with cement on top of it. Uh, but this will explain maybe 10% uh, cheaper than, than the normal price. So it's... Uh, but the big difference is not the cost of uh, the dwellings, it's the way the environment is managed, the security, the lack of littering, uh, the, 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 the courtesy of people. Uh, I mean, when you go at 6 o'clock when, in the afternoon, when people go out uh, from, from, from the job... Uh, you see what I used to see in Italy when I was young. I mean, all the, 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 the ladies uh, take out the chairs uh, and, and they start to chat uh, until nine o'clock in the evening. And, and this is the big difference from Choloma. I mean, people leaving the f- cellular phone on the table when they, while they hit. And in Choloma, nobody would leave uh, the, the, the cellular phone in, in a restaurant uh, in the open. What about um, so you've got a you've got a perimeter fence around it, or you? Yeah. If when people are say you had workers at um, working within the ZA, yeah. How do they come and go? What's the this, you know what is it like? Is it got? There is uh, guards. We, we need the perimeter first of all for security because Choloma is dangerous now. Our clients are not big targets because what you can steal a small television or things like that. But anyway. Some security is good, but we need the we need the wall for legal reason. We are a special economic zone, so there must be only one exit. That is, uh, that, that there are people of the government from customs that check that we do not uh, or our tenants do not engage in uh, uh, contraband, uh, right? In uh, smuggling out a product that entered without paying the duty. Uh, now they just, uh, I mean. If they are residents, uh, they are so little, 150, so few that guards know them. Uh, and if they are friends, uh, they, they say, I'm going there, they call uh, like a traditional residential uh, community. Now, at the beginning, we were working uh, with a great software company uh, that was actually founded by a libertarian and was almost free. And... We were devising uh, a complex uh, software system in which you pre-register at the beginning uh, before going there. So even if, if you work or so, uh, the door open automatically, recognizing your face uh, was pretty sophisticated. But at the end, there was no need to keep uh, developing that. But in case we start again, we'll definitely need to find a way of uh, letting hundreds of people uh, 
per hour to enter without uh, creating uh, bottlenecks. I was going to say 15,000 residents. Is that the, the plan? Yeah. You need a number of entrances and exits with that, I would imagine. I mean, yeah. it's like a like the old walled cities of Europe, right? Same kind of... <laughs> yeah, know. I think uh, Monaco has 50,000 residents, uh, so it's not much... Monaco, uh, you can just drive in and out of that, can't you? Yeah, yeah, because it's not... Uh, I mean, I think the value-added tax is the same. There is no smuggling. In our case, it would be, it would be more complex. Because you're also not paying value-added tax on goods, yeah. does that mean goods are cheaper inside the Z8? Like it's something, if you had a supermarket, yeah. would there be a, would goods be cheaper inside? Well, if it's imported, it would, could be cheaper. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, the market would probably li- even it up. No, 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 because, uh, I mean, we, we were very serious to avoid smuggling. Uh, so I guess if somebody comes in and buy some carrots... Uh, from uh, Guatemala, they would probably go out and customs would not stop them. But, but for example, uh, if somebody wants to come out with a television of uh, 60 inches, uh, we would stop them. We would actually not allow an uh, electronic uh, shops that price uh, lower than the rest uh, of Honduras to set up shop there. Things about gasoline. In theory, we could import gasoline without paying the excise taxes, which means that gasoline would cost uh, at least 50% less than, than in the rest of uh, Honduras. Um, in that case, we already decided to keep a monopoly on that. So if some uh, g- uh, gasoline uh, dispenser wants to set up a shop there, we would have sold the gasoline at the same price that they could have bought outside to avoid any incentive uh, or smuggling. I was well, yeah. Which we have to be very careful because yeah. it's. I mean, we have, we have to be fair. We we cannot compete uh, with people. I mean, compete with the state uh, for people that live outside. Yeah, I remember I visited Venezuela. I said ten years ago, and people were driving over the border to fill up. I mean, well, it was like, even yeah. pipes yeah. in Venezuela. They buy huge uh, trucks uh, and they bring it uh, to Colombia it's it's a huge amount of corruption yeah, I mean you can I suppose on a small city like Morazan you can deal with that a little bit better than when it's someone leaving the country to <laughs> to stock up yeah but, the point is there are some questions like when we have uh, I don't know 100,000 people coming in and out every day I will uh, manage uh, the entrance and the exit uh, hmm. well this is a bridge will will res- will decide when we get there we don't have to solve every future problem well yeah i know it's a process isn't it as it mm-hmm. expands almost certainly in all, all cities go through this i would expect maybe not in this sense because it's not common to found a city on mass in one go and they create it but um but you would argue, it's easy to argue that all those problems will get sorted out. I mean, do you have a, like, have you got a vision of the finished product with 15,000 people? Like, is it, is it something that you can really imagine? Well, we have the urban plan, but you can find it in the site. But uh, in terms of uh, positioning, uh, the good thing of cities is that they can expand, that they can buy land uh, contiguous or not contiguous, and they can grow. So, 
The idea was to become the central business district of the Valle de Sula. Valle de Sula is it's, it's a valley, uh, 80 kilometers long and maybe 40 kilometers wide, where most of the industrial uh, activity of Honduras happened, probably includes two and a half million people. And uh, there is not only Choloma, there is a bigger city called San Pedro Sula, but there is not a central business district now. Uh, I think uh, maybe in 10 years, uh, Morasan would have a pretty good uh, um, opportunity to become the central business district of the valley. And would it be something you would franchise beyond that part? Not, not literally, I mean, using the word franchise meaning take the model implement it somewhere else or is this your what's the word is this your baby you just want to see it through to the end and then i don't have money to do more than one of these these are i mean especially with the model of entrecom in which you don't sell it's a a lot of money so the opening other i prefer to spend the money on one and to make it good i would love other people i mean Yes, in theory I can franchise, but there is no reason to franchise if until uh, the new government, uh, literally anybody that asks for a charter to become uh, a ZD, receive it. The, the previous government was desperate to find investors to open ZDs. So I would love to see other 30 ZD in Honduras competing with me and let's see who provides the best service uh, at a lower cost. But I don't, I don't see a reason to have a franchise. Uh, I mean, let's everybody compete. Hmm. If somebody asks me to franchise, I might think about it, but I don't think anybody will ask me. No, I, I, I didn't mean, I meant just implement the same, or the lessons you've learned from setting up Morazan or by the time it's complete. Is that going to be enough or would you want to see it? I mean, if it's ideologically driven, of course, which I think in your case it, it is. It is. You would want, presumably, to see it elsewhere, but you're right. It's expensive. It's not like Prospera. Prospera can, can Prospera's more decentralised in a way. It's like more. It's relying on other people to come in and 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 boost and build it. Whereas yeah, the it's building, with you, it's you, it's you. And they 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 sell the land. Yes. But, but this is a. a this is where we mentioned the Etienne approach of Entercom comes in. I mean, uh, the Entrecom model gives you a lot of uh, advantages. The first is uh, the resolution of conflicts. If you have uh, a person uh, that doesn't do anything against uh, the HOA, which is how, basically how, how Prospera works, it's a condominium. It has a rule of set of rules that it's uh, like an HOA. Um, Let's imagine that a few guys of university comes and uh, have a party every night uh, and they close at 11, but they do it every every night. I mean, if it's a subdivision, there is no way you get rid of them. In our case, we can go, I mean, I mean let's be reasonable, do it once a, once a week. And if they say, no, look, I can, mm-hmm. it's written that I can do whatever I want, fine. Next lease, uh, we will not renew. So you will be kicked out of uh, the place. And there are one million of uh, examples like this. Let's imagine a kid that come back, uh, 12 years old gang of kids that, for example, start to vandalize uh, 
lightning or things like this. Maybe I know who they are. I will definitely know who they are. But these guys are less than 14 years old. And so what do you do in, in, in Prospera or even in, the, in a nation state? I mean, there is not much you can do. We can go to the father and to say, look, we know they're there. So we don't want to criminally charge them. Uh, fix the problem. If not, in three months, you're out. You, you are a great clients, but you have to take care of your kid. So this is the reason why, at least in the residential side, we do lease only of three months, renewable. So, uh, and we have, in one case, we kick one guy that was a drunkard and, and really it was heavy with a lot of uh, other residents. Uh, but a second big advantage, for example, is the flexibility in the use of real estate. Where we have houses now, it's at the entrance. Very likely in the future, that will be the most valuable land of, of, of the community. And if we sell the house and we don't want to use eminent domain, there is no way. I mean, it's very difficult to, 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 to re redeploy the land. In my case, I can just wait for the lease to expire, build the same houses that they have one kilometer away, and tell the client, look, you are great clients, but I need to build a 40-story tower for McKinsey and PVC now. But uh, the, the rent is the same, and I kick in uh, one month's uh, free rent uh, if you accept to move there. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I've, I've not thought of that model um, myself. It's the first time I've been thinking about it. And uh, you can see that. And like you said, you currently, all right, there's only... You haven't got 15,000 people there, but... 150 now. Right, okay. <laughs> but but you, and what I was interested, you mentioned that um, there's, you know, it's clean. People pick up their litter, yeah. blah, 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 you know. And and that's obviously partly because um, there's security. There's a reason to pick up your litter. But also because there's an incentive to do good because there's the option for you to not be part of the community. Well, uh, yes, uh, well, the main reason is cultural. When you see that everybody put the litter in the garbage can, you don't feel well to to true. But it's true that in, in many cases, a guards when when it's, when they see the a lady letting her toddler to, to throw paper in the, in the floor, the guards go there and say, look, lady, you don't have to do that. And, and uh, you can't do that very, very courteously. The second time, less courteously. The third time, the head of police goes there and says, lady, you're a great client, but you cannot do that. So if you do that, we will not renew the lease. Hmm. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. Really interesting. It's uh, like I say, as I've not had much connection with um, Morrison. We went to Honduras and we, we, we had a good look around um, Prospera and uh, that model that was the one that stuck with me. Um, but, um, but yours is more interesting in a way because um, obviously one of the main, it, let's say from the outside world, one of the main things levied at somewhere like Prospera is it's a neo-colonialist exercise you know it's a very easy 
is a very easy thing to say when you look at it, even though I know it's not true. And oh, I well, know it's just a semantic problem. You cannot talk about colonialism when there is, a, first of all, not to use violence. I mean, colonialism, the basic of colonialism was gunboats. That land was bought and people went voluntarily to prosper. So yeah. to use the terms colonialist doesn't make any um, sense. Like uh, feudalism, that doesn't make any sense. It's all voluntary. People go there voluntary. I think I'm, I'm making the devil's advocate argument yeah. here. Because I know that's, that's pretty what stupid devil when they use this. As I know, a, I know, but, but it, is, it is made. It, I mean, the Guardian, yeah, yeah, the Guardian write articles saying it. Yeah, that's stupid. But in your case, it's very hard to argue that. Because I, but I know even in Prospera, Prospera is mostly Hondurans, you know, and, and I think it's written into the ZA law that that if people working have to be at least ninety something percent yeah, local, the anyway. workers must be ninety percent uh, from yeah. Honduras. So even in Prospera, it's something that's mm -hmm. a, a long. It's true. But 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 uh, in Morazan, it's very easy to say. Well, look, come on, show me where this is true, where where this is n no longer sort of. I don't know, Honduran sovereign land or, or whatever, you know. Is no, is in the, uh, I mean, nobody knows much about us. First of all, because I don't need investor, I don't need to do all the advertising that Prospera does. Uh, secondly, it's because our clients are local. I don't have to... I, I, I have a couple of digital nomads. One is Alex, uh, Joyce, uh, that they are great people and I love them. But the, the main uh, business case is for local people, low, low class, low, local people. So I, I, I'm much less know, known than Prospera. Said that, uh, in a sense, uh, uh, we are pretty sexy lady in the market because uh, we are catering to these uh, poor, relatively poor people. So, for example... Uh, Three or four years ago, I was in Silicon Valley talking with some very big uh, fund, uh, blue-blooded uh, funds uh, in, in, uh, in Silicon Valley. And they were very interested because people in, in Silicon Valley are strange animals. From one side, uh, they are uh, walk, and they, but on the other, they understand that the market's much more efficient than the state in providing services. So the idea to help the poor uh, making money and uh, avoiding all the pitfalls of public choice, corruption and waste, because it's a private provider, was very, very exciting for them. And with one of them, uh, I was talking about raising $500 million for a future expansion, and then the election happened. But yes, I, I mean, I, don't, I can stand the ESG bullshit, uh, but actually we are pretty good uh, perceived in theory from these people. But nothing is actually currently happening until you have a result with the, um, the legal battles. Well, I'm not uh, continuing with the 150 million in three years uh, that was the plan. Because I'm not suicidal, I'm not going to put $150 million there in this situation. But as I told you, I'm putting a few million dollars from now to June next year to keep the ball rolling and, the, and to let uh, the enthusiasm to, to, to keep being there. Hmm. Well, look, I mean, like I say, thanks for, thanks for talking. I, 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 it's a bit of a fact-finding mission for me because it's not something... Whilst in the Free Cities movement, we know, we, uh, we know about Mar Marzan, but like you say, it's not as outwardly self-promoting uh, as, yeah. as Prosper for obvious reasons. But it is the one that makes... Um, yeah, it's the... 
how can I put it? I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just a, I mean, it, 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 it's the one, I think it's probably the one that would appeal to the most number of people, whatever on side of the political spectrum they fall. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because because it's still a it's still a it's still a capitalist endeavor, and it's still a free market. But it's it's kind of catering to people who. Yeah, need but you it. can make money with uh, poor people. I mean, there's plenty of company that makes money with poor people and and provide a service. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and assume that that wasn't your intention when you started it. Obviously, it's part of it. But I, you don't strike me as the kind of gentleman that would sit there and go, right, let's make some money out of poor people <laughs> no but I, I, I say that in a first of all it's true I mean I have other way of deploying my capital that possibly are, surely are more profitable than than in the Zede but when I say that it, because I am a proud capitalist I know that uh, when you make money it's not the, the good things you, the things you must be proud it's not only the money you bring to the family but it's the good that you do in 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 in, in the society in average uh, i mean it's it's very difficult to know when there is a transaction of course the two parts being voluntarily the two parts are better off it's very difficult to find out how much better off is the entrepreneur and how much better off is is the client but the few studies that have been done with that is that uh, for any unit of value of the entrepreneur, it creates 19 units of value in the market. So when you make money, it means you're making, uh, on average, good to society 20 times more than the money you, you, you make. So when I say I'm going there and I want to make money, you can take it because I want to make money to go to ski or to give bread to my family, but also to make uh, better the society. It's the same things. I mean, it's a, it's a byproduct. You cannot have uh, one without the other. Hmm. Well, thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a convert now. Well, it wasn't, there wasn't a convert before. I just didn't really know. Calm down. Calm down. We have an Airbnb that is not a $120 because it has the uh, furniture and air conditioning and everything, but it's $30 per day. And if you come, I will waive uh, the... <laughs> Let me off the thirty dollars. No, I'll pay. Don't worry. <laughs> You're rich enough. <laughs> well, no, I'm not that rich, but um, but yeah, I'm not sure how comfortable I'd feel. And I, I will invite uh, all the libertarian out there that listen to this podcast. I mean, uh, fly to Honduras, not too expensive. You're probably in the U.S. Come down a couple of weeks and take a different vacation. Yeah. Do you know what, though? It's, it's, it's so disappointing that it's on hold. I'm really disappointed to hear that because it's, it's on hold for just, I think, obviously, the wrong reasons. It's, it's, it's political reasons. Yeah, I know. But, but um, what is it about people that always fuck it up, like, in that sense? Because, like, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing that annoys me so much is it left-wing governments... Uh, care about the people apparently they you know no. they, they literally they, i mean but it's, it's i know i know what you're going to say but but the whole bloody the whole speech is that yeah. and what you're doing is that you're actually doing it and but because it's kind of like well i don't know it could like you said it comes from the left wing are progressive progressive camps 
basically for the Puritan side of uh, the UK and, and the US. And these are people uh, from the social gospel. Uh, and these are people that have a mission in life. They think what is better for the other, better than the other. They know what is good for you, better than you. So after 20 years in, polit in politics, in, that started like that and then became uh, corrupted uh, the, from the politics. And then a guy says, uh, no, I mean, I just want people to decide what's good for them. It's, it's very contrary to their uh, soul. So they said, the, the, the free market that uh, fix uh, problems uh, without me saying uh, where, how this guy must be served. But like, for example, take the, the way that the government have bad-mouthed ZAs. Like in the beginning, like on, during the after the election, what was the main issue? other than that it was the former government that that um, passed the law. Were they, did, they, did they say, oh, it's, they're doing this, they're doing this, you know? Well, actually, uh, the guys that brought uh, the Zede in the uh, electoral discussion was the old uh, party, because, frankly, the old party were pretty corrupted, and uh, they didn't have many things uh, to campaign on. The Zede was one of the very few, and, and that was completely clean also, not corrupted. So they started to make advertising about how good are the Zede, and uh, the other guys uh, bought it and completely, and, but, but, but of course uh, they went against it. And, and so they started to say that we were expropriating, which was absolutely not. Right. That uh, we had our own uh, judges, which is true for the civil case. I mean, in, we can choose, uh, in our case, we choose just the Civil Code of Honduras. Uh, but, but also the judges, in our case, and all judges are arbitrators. But this is already possible in Honduras because there is the law of arbitration. And for example, if you rent a house from me, we can decide that the law is the Pakistani law and the arbitrator is somebody from Iceland. So I don't need the Zede to have... Uh, I can make a, a, a rental agreement that is it's, it's ruled by whatever law I want. It's voluntary with whatever arbitrator I want. But, but by the way, I didn't do that. I used the Civil, the civil Code of Honduras. And uh, they said, uh, what? Uh, that the, uh, this is an important technical point. The police cannot enter uh, in the Zede. Uh, in my interpretation, the police can enter in the Zede. I mean, uh, we have uh, our uh, municipal police, like Choloma has the municipal police, but this doesn't mean that the national police cannot enter uh, Choloma or the Zede. If the police uh, show up and wants to come in, I, I'm not only fine, but I think they have the right to enter. Now, given that the police in Honduras can be uh, dangerous because they, they in many cases they extortionate a small business if they I will not uh, give them a place to put uh, a, a police place they have to come from outside and when they come I put a patrol of my police behind them so they cannot do anything uh, bad but I am fine with the uh, so this I think that Prospera says that the, 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 the Honduranian police cannot enter in my I as I see, as I read the law, it's not the case. 
but of course they made a lot of uh, insults out of there because if the poli- if you are afraid of the police what you have uh, to hide right it's a typical uh, question yeah these were the and, and so this, they said because you deal in drugs uh, because because you are a pedophile that was, was pretty pretty outlandish <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's just it's just a bit sad, isn't it? Because um, it is very it's, sad. It's, it's very sad. And you have to understand that I am fifty-eight years old. So I said this at the conference. I have probably twenty years in, uh, to live, and and I, I I'm wasting four years for these stupid things. It's twenty percent mm. of the time I have, and this is the project of my life. I want to live, and I want to die in that place, in a free place, because. As libertarian, we need our physical place to live. I mean, these things of network stake, it's, everything is fine. But at the end, we are people living in a three-dimensional world. We need to have the feet on some soil. And I want to find a place that it's free. Be the free staters uh, in New Hampshire, the Seasteading, the Zede, or something else. I want to die in a free place. Hallelujah. Massimo. Thanks for coming. That's a, I, I've got tingles down my spine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank I you. very much enjoyed this. Thanks. Thank you.